Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, June 6th, 2022. Buckle your seatbelts, everybody, because we're going to be spending a lot of time in the Psalms this summer. And especially if you are a part, as most of you are, Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, we are going to spend some time in the Psalms over these next few months. We just finished going through the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, we're going to start another book in the New Testament in the fall, the beginning of the school year, but kind of with summer always just being an irregular schedule. Anyways, I didn't want to start something new, and it would be kind of start and stop. So we're going to look at several different Psalms. Lord willing, we will study seven different Psalms, but the first two I'm planning to study are in our reading today, Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. Also in our reading today is Psalm 15 and 22, but I want to focus on Psalms 1 and 2 mostly today, and then also to see how Psalm 2 really connects with some things that we're seeing going on in the book of Acts. Now, Psalms 1 and 2 really set up the entire Psalter for us. Uh, This really sets the tone for everything that we are going to see in the book. And you'll notice uh, Psalm 1 begins uh, with the word blessed, and it begins with the phrase, blessed is the man. Right, and and that's really going to be a theme. Psalms is going to show us what is the ble- the the path to the blessed life. And some people talk about how blessed could be translated happy. What is the path to the truly blessed, truly happy? That's where again, when we talk about being happy, I'm always saying, well, whose definition of happy? A biblical, deep, uh, meaningful happiness, or a worldly light? Uh, momentary happiness. And clearly in Psalms, we're going to see that the uh, the former of those, a deep biblical joy and happiness. But where does that come from? And we're going to see a lot of it uh, really in the context even of suffering. But it tells us there, blessed is the man. And then it tells us what he does not do, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the seat in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. There's kind of that progression, even counsel way seat progressing there. You know, he's walking, standing, sitting, the wicked sinners, scoffers. Um, it's all getting worse there. So that's what he does not do. But what he does do is his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And this is a good time to remind us that the order of the New Testament in or the Old Testament, excuse me, in our Bibles, uh, frankly, I don't think is the way it should be. If Jesus Christ looked at our Old Testament in our Bibles, he would say, you have all the right stuff here. There's nothing missing and there has been nothing added. But he would say, what screwed up order is this? Why have you moved things around? Right? And you even see it sometimes in the New Testament. They thought of the Old Testament in three categories, the law, the prophets, and the writings. 
Uh, and even sometimes you even see it, the laws, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Sometimes the Psalms was even used as a stand-in for the writings because Psalms was the first book of the writings. And so here it's interesting in the very first verse of the Psalms, or really here the second verse, but the first um, kind of this first stanza of the Psalms, it is saying, which is also the first couple of verses of the writings, it's saying, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Going back to the beginning to those first five books of the Bible, but even then that word law uh, should even be thought of maybe more broadly even than that as it is the word uh, Torah, which can mean instruction, right? And, And so that really gets us thinking about everything that God has instructed us with. Uh, Blessed is the man who delights in God's instruction and meditates on God's instruction day and night. That's the blessed man. That's the happy man. We're going to see more of that. And even we won't dig too deeply in here into uh, Psalm 1 because Lord willing, I'll be teaching on it, not this weekend, but next weekend. But then we see, okay, we see these two different men, the, uh, the man that runs with the way of the world versus the man who uh, delights in God's instruction and then he meditates day and night on it. Uh, We see, well, what's, what's the short term outlook for those guys? Well, the guy that's delighting in the law of the Lord, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. So that's the short term. Uh, the, the, the righteous, the, the blessed man, he's going to be like a tree. He's going to flourish. He's going to prosper. But the, the wicked, they're going to be like the chaff that the wind drives away. And then the long term, uh, therefore, the, the wicked will not stand in the judgment and sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So we see that difference there. But really, I hope one thing you're seeing is the outcome of your life. Listen to this, please. The outcome of your life is going to depend on how you respond to the Word of God. The outcome of your life is going to depend on how you respond to the Word of God. And and even just in the last Two days, I've heard two messages that really cover the same story. Pastor Mike Fabares, uh, he spoke uh, on Sunday morning at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley from Luke 6 and the story of the wise man who builds his house on the rock and the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And you know how the story ends, but what is the difference between those two men? How they responded to the word of God. Both of them hear the word of God, but then only one of them actually does what it says. And Pastor Bobby Blakey uh, taught on that on Saturday night at the first ever National Equipped Conference from Matthew 7. The same parable, but in a, a different place, you know, slightly different there as we've seen in the in the Synoptic Gospels, right? But same idea and how that points really to the authority of Jesus. Jesus has the authority. Are you going to listen to what he says? And that really gets us, this idea of authority is then what gets us into 
uh, chapter 2 of Psalms. Uh, who do we think has the authority in this world? Well, the people with the most authority are generally the, the kings, and, and that's where we don't have as many kings, but the political leaders and rulers. Look at what it says in, in Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Who do you think he's talking about there? I start to talk about the son of God. Jesus, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Right there we see uh, the authority of Jesus and how he will Reign. This is a messianic psalm pointing ahead to this future king and ruler, Jesus Christ, who will reign. And that's what should encourage us. And that should help us even just as we look out at the world. And man, doesn't it seem like some of these things apply today? Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? And the kings and the rulers of the earth are setting themselves up against the Lord and against his anointed? Well, guess what? He who sits in the heavens is still laughing and they are not going to get away with it. And Jesus will reign. And so that sets us up here for what we see in Acts chapter five, because it is important for us as Christians to remember there is one ultimate authority. All authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus said in the Great Commission, has been given to me. He is the authority. There's no one that comes even close to him. We do what he says, right? Now, what he tells us to do in general is to submit to our governing authorities, right? Christians should basically have the reputation and the pattern of being model citizens. We obey what our authorities tell us to do. But there have been times and there may be times even in your life or or your society where there is a conflict and you cannot obey what your authorities are telling you to do and obey what God is telling you to do. And the most clearest example of that would be if your authorities tell you, hey, you cannot preach the gospel. You stop preaching the gospel. That's what we see in Acts chapter 5. The apostles are told to stop preaching the gospel. And Peter says to them in verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus. Man, I love how they keep going back to the resurrection. Whom you killed. They're not afraid of assigning blame for who killed Jesus by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. They they are looking here and saying, no, we have to obey God in this 
situation. And if you notice, just one chapter earlier, when they start to get persecuted in chapter 4, what psalm do they quote? Psalm 2. Why do the Gentiles rage there back in Acts chapter 4 and the people's plot in vain? They go back to Psalm 2. So these guys knew who the authority was. We live for King Jesus. And because we live for King Jesus, we want to obey him. And he tells us in general, hey, obey your, your earthly authorities. But if our earthly authorities ask us or command us to disobey King Jesus, we say, well, we have to obey God rather than men. So I hope this encourages you with the authority of Jesus. But again, a reminder, the outcome of your life will be determined by how you respond to the words uh, and instruction of God. Jesus has all the authority and, and you are accountable to him. And the way of blessing is the way of delighting in his law, in his instruction, and meditating on it day and night. And I hope this podcast is something that encourages you to do just that. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.